everybody. Welcome back to the Overrun Podcast. My name is Ed Bowder. I'm Dan Schwester. I'm Kevin Mazza. I'm Jess Mastercola. And I'm Mike DiFilippo. And today we're going to talk about the value of continuing education and accrediting bodies. Um, to start, we do not have any particular affiliations or preference for organizations, but we are going to talk about the National Registry of Emergency Medical Technicians in this show. Specifically, we're going to talk about the value that the registry brings to training and to reciprocity in other states. Um, but we really want to talk about the amount of education that is required and whether or not uh, the registry standard is sufficient. So one of the first concerns that we have is the variability of credit hours and how they vary by state. So what do we get, what do we think overall? Do we think that an organization like registry helps with that or hurts with that? I think it's a good idea. I, I don't think it hurts. I don't know that it helps. That's what I mean. I think it's a good idea. Because I, I think it leaves too much up to interpretation. Mm. I think, in theory, like the United Nations, the National Registry is a great <laughs> idea, but in execution, it's not as good as it could be. It's not what it could, yeah, it's not exactly what it could wow, be. Wow, that's, that is deep. So is, at a very base level, is it not what it could be because it's an organization and not affiliated with any governmental body? Or yes. What, okay. Yeah, and I think that's 100% That's the true. biggest problem. It's it's a it's a national agency but it is it doesn't have any teeth it doesn't have any authority it doesn't have any ability other than to take away a certification that they issue right and there are states where the national registry standard is your entry level standard correct right so you're you have to get a registry card to actually be state certified right correct. but we also know that your initial certification can vary by state so you can go and you can become a paramedic you can become an EMT and then get your registry uh, certification later Right. So it's That's not necessarily true. required to get into your state. So what would actually be. So what, what's the whole purpose of registry in our minds? What do we think that the why does the registry exist aside from being uh, an accrediting body? Well, isn't the theory to kind of make a baseline for what everyone in the nation should be doing? Like, isn't that the idea? behind it right yeah i'd yeah. agree with that i like, think that's i think i think that's a start i think it's yeah. A, yeah an unofficial bar that's been set right i, I think, think it's to get everybody on the same page of you know what's expected what's a, the baseline of what you need to continue education or to be initially trained yeah more than rules are actually rather guidelines <laughs> I, yeah i think it should be setting the national standard but also it should be a lobbying body for the government because most other professional organizations aren't governmentally based either, like the American College of Emergency Physicians, any you know, nursing agency. They're not government agencies. They're private agencies, but their strength comes from their ability to lobby the government. And I really don't see NREMT doing much of that. Well, it's like Dan said. They're rather toothless. Like yeah, no, but, I, but you know, what, what's the reason for that? I think, I think there's a lot of – honestly, I think there's a lot of you know, lazy medics and EMTs that kind of like push their way towards the National Registry, like – lowering standards rather than raising them and people just are very blase about certain issues so they don't push the registry and in turn the registry just doesn't seem to care oh, about yeah. i mean my personal approach to national register is very like you know laissez-faire itself like it's something i maintain just for an extra dollar an hour of my paycheck so i think that's actually a big contributing factor for a lot of people it's not so much the advancing the education so much as it is that there's a differential to have what's considered a higher level of education but is it a higher level of education because it's actually a higher level of education, or is it an arbitrary bar that we kind of set it, because uh, we it, think about it? it? To me, it's arbitrary because it's just a couple extra CEUs I earn during research cycle. Right. No, I'd agree with that. It's arbitrary. It's We think it works. We think this is what you should know. There's no consensus, really. There's a lot of shoulds. There's a lot of shoulds. There's it's, a lot of it's shoulds. It's guidelines. Like, here's not, it's not what you need to know. It's what you 
No, you should know. It would be good to know. It's not... It's t- well, it's toothless. It's just... It's mm. literally a registry. It's a collection of names of people who hold the certification, who paid some money to get on the registry initially, and then maintain the certification for whatever reason. Either it's a compensatory from their job... It's a, their stay that happened. That's the that's the minimum standard where they that's what they need for their um, certification. But other than that, other than that, it's kind of empty. So I think one of the the big sells that people have for having re- a registry certification would be reciprocity, right? right? So it's actually one of the big sells is that if you have a registry certification, you can just move from state to state. But that's but, not necessarily true. Well, and that's the thing. The reality exists that there's really no fluid movement from state to no. state. So you have to first of all, you have to assume that the state you're moving to is a registry state. That takes that training. And there's plenty of states that require further training once you move over. Right. So if that's if that's kind of our primary thing is reciprocity. And also, I, I wonder how many people actually move from their primary state and take their reciprocity card, their registry card with them. That'd be interesting. Probably fewer than actually one would think. I don't. Right. EMS on the whole, around the whole country, does not pay very well. So short of, if you're going somewhere, if you're following a job in EMS, which is very unlikely, you're just going to pick a new field and go, and that pays better if you're going to move. You don't follow an EMT job to another state. You might, fire a fi- you might follow a firefighting job because there's the whole litany of benefits, pension that come all that along with it. That requires you to do some EMS. That requires you to do EMS. Yeah, right. you might keep it for that, but if you're just going to work an EMT job in another state, unless you're moving for some other reason, it's not because you're not moving for the job. Nobody, I'm not moving to another state to work as a paramedic well, that's elsewhere. Not, that's not that necessarily different in any of the, of the other emergency services. Like, you know, for, the, for example, a firefighter that moves from one city to another city, more often than not, we'll have to go back through training to some extent. Same thing with a police officer. The question is, I think the big question with us is, is that as medical professionals, and let's call ourselves medical professionals, you know, do we have the same opportunities of movement that a nurse does, that a, that a physician does, um, that a respiratory therapist does? Do we have, does the registry give us some kind of carte blanche to allow us to go into a place and does it mean something? No. 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 I think they, uh, I think they <laughs> want to mean something, <laughs> but it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean much of anything. But really. I think that gets back to the initial point I brought up. I mean, if, 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 it, if they wanted some, you know, gusto behind their name, some, some strength. Like, you know, they would start doing stuff. Right now, right. it's just like Kevin said, it's a money collection agency. Yeah. So you, I, sum, you submit some hours that may or may not be audited, you know, mm-hmm. that some people know very well. You, They're yeah, like, oh, you pay money to take a test. I'll right. fudge this, or you pay, you know, the yeah. 100 bucks, whatever. To I was re- there are research. people that actually recertify by exam. I did mm-hmm. that every, yeah. every cycle. Mm-hmm. I did that. It was easier. It's so much yeah. easier because instead of having to, it is easier. You just sit down and take the test, and the test isn't difficult. Which I get, which I, having that availability, I think, defeats the purpose of having the project. Like right. I agree. The whole I think it hurts. Actually, I, I think continuing education. I, I think it absolutely hurts. So one of the hangups that we're going to have is we want if we want this organization to actually have teeth, is that they need to be available federally to all fifty states. So currently, right now, there's thirty eight states that accept NREMT for paramedics, uh, thirty nine states for EMTBs, and thirty states for EMTI. Now, one of the hangups is that not every state has EMTIs, so that thirty state number, you know, we can kind of drop that. But thirty eight states for registry, and also NREMT doesn't actually keep the reciprocity page current. So it's entirely possible that your state doesn't accept it and you just don't know it because you can't find it. Mm-hmm. Right. 
I think this comes back down to the the more pressing issue that there's no national agency for you know emergency services in total. Like you look at other countries, other countries actually have like this is the national foundation for you know firefighters. This is the national foundation for police, where everything is funneled through like a national director, well, kind of like the military. Even something like the IFF is some for firefighters is international. It's everywhere. Right. Yeah. And you know the I guess you know the closest thing we would have is you know the Department of Health and Human Services on a national end, but they have no interest in EMS, which is actually run by the Department of Transportation. Mm -hmm. Right. So EMS really is kind of like all over the place. And then even when you get on the state and municipal level, it gets even more murky. You have police departments running EMS or fire departments doing EMS, and they all have their own individual standards. And, you know, as much as I like to gripe on the National Registry, if I was in the National Registry shoes, how would I approach, you know, combining all this? It's, It's a nasty mess well so this actually makes the conversation more interesting and it, it gets a little bit away from registry but there are organizations that consider themselves national representatives of, of ems providers um they have you know ems day on the hill and things like that and it, it seems to be and and again that i don't want to turn this into like how effective is congress um <laughs> but it's the opposite <laughs> of progress yeah <laughs> hey. It's not it's ethical to talk about them when they're shut down. It's, yeah, we're recording okay. this during the shutdown in December. It's only a partial <laughs> shutdown. Relax. Yeah, but but <laughs> it, but again, I, I think that having that organization that will actually go to Congress and speak to them about the importance of EMS is nice. But again, I, I don't know if there's a lot of follow up. I I do. We all know people that have gone to the day on the hill where they've spoken to representatives in Congress, and I don't know that we've actually seen a lot of change. So if it's not, you know, if, if it's not registry, if it's not um, the National Association of EMTs. What can we actually do? Do we need another organization? Do we just need more people involved to get to the congressional level? Or I don't how think do you need another organization. I think you need more people involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I well, think you need we're such your a profession. young profession. Right? Exactly. So it, I think it's just natural that since we're such a young profession, we won't have much representation in general. Oh, that, and I think it's I think National Registry, like Dan said, needs to have more teeth and just you know. S- put the hammer down and just say these are our standards if you don't meet up to them you don't meet up to them or get up to them well they and need to they need federal backing on that you can't force right. that but you also need the individual states to say you know what you're absolutely right and if you can't meet the basic nremt standard then we're not giving you a license so but one of the problems with that and that doesn't that happen i have you know being clinical guy for my place i have plenty of people that don't do registry right that they are just they have their state license and that's that well, and, and that's kind of the whole point of the conversation that we're having is that if you have someone who has no intention of moving elsewhere right now, there's no reason to have registry. But to actually have it be at a level where you want you want your people to have registry, the registry would have to be the highest level of training. And but right, it isn't and, always. And, and right now it just isn't. Mm-hmm. I think registry, registry makes you, registry forces you, and again, this is, let's take the test out of it. Right. Because I think that's a, I know that's an option. I'm not against it as an option, but I think if you want to use that as the higher standard, you're kind of selling yourself short by having the test. I agree with you. You know, unless you're going to do the whole test. If you're going to tell me you're going to go to boards every two years, that's different. But again, like I'm saying, if you're going to have that be the standard, it has to be (laughs) never hard. Nope. (laughs) I don't want to learn how to do the KED all over again for no reason. (laughs) Oh, right. You remember got a backboard in under 10 minutes? But uh, but that's that's another whole. But that's what I'm saying. If that's if registry is going to be the standard, it has to be the highest standard right now for a paramedic. You need 60 hours of CEUs to actually research. Um, 
And then you get states like North Carolina where you actually need 120 over the course of four years. So do we make registry the standard at 60 hours over three years? Or do we want something where you have a system like North Carolina where you have 120 hours over four years? I know what my answer is going to be. Now, and again, this is, this is assuming that more education is better education, which isn't necessarily the case. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's the quality of the hours? I mean, there are people that, that hit their hours by doing SIVO, ACLS, PALS, and PHTLS, and they call it a day. Right. Or, that's yeah, true. No, that's, and that's, that's all you need in some places. Or Two-day two ACLS, two-day PALS, two-day PHTLS. And an eight-hour SIVO. And an eight-hour SIVO every two years gets you what you need. So right now, for a national registry, if you're a paramedic and you want to recertify, um, <laughs> and we, you, these requirements are available online. But one of the things that I thought was actually kind of interesting in just in researching this show was the education for opiate overdoses mm-hmm. is of every, and this is every three years for registry mm-hmm. is a full thirty minutes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's real. It's real intensive. <laughs> Jessa had a preemptive laugh. She knew what was coming. Yeah. yeah. So that's and but again, <laughs> even even airway management for medics, it's two and a half hours. Right. And I, the, the, I did an hour on capnography on an online slideshow where the information was outdated and it was accepted. So capnography and uh, capnography, capnography and VADS, uh, which we're going to talk about in a different episode, are actually some of the only differences between the EMT education and the paramedic education. Now, that's not to say that there needs to be a lot of differences between the EMT education and the paramedic education. There, there's, a l- there's going to be a lot of overlap. Why is I just it think that, that medics have to know VADS but EMTs don't? I agree with you. I think that... No, but that... Oh, no, I, 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 absolutely. You no, should I, know what a VAD is. Like you should what? know how to operate in that environment. You should know... Yeah. <laughs> the, you, the, the whole point of VAD training is knowing not how to fucking... Right, not yeah. knowing <laughs> not how to yeah. screw up the VAD. Gra- just just grab the family member who seems the most proficient and call the phone number. Just to catch everybody <laughs> up on our quick tangent, a VAD is a ventricular assist device. It's an implantable... Uh, essentially artificial heart or artificial heart chamber for people that are awaiting a heart transplant. Right. And uh, right now the way it is is that paramedics learn about it and how to treat patients that have it. As if the EMTs aren't going to treat the same But for those of you who don't know how to treat a patient that has a VAD is you just sit with them and call the person that's responsible for coordinating (laughs) their treatment. That's it. But the edu- but the education for EMTs with a VAD is it's called medic generally like it's called call medics. Yeah, but which the what happens when the medics aren't available and well, but you're but sitting again, there with in the, in the pre-hospitals but and exactly. we're going to we're going to do an entire episode on VADs um okay. at a later That's date. Fair. But one of the the central things with VADs too is that the at at you know the pre-hospital level aside from knowing, you know, whether or not to do compressions in a cardiac arrest with a VAD, do them. Yeah. Um please. yeah, <laughs> just do them. There's you know, it comes down to like you have to get him to the proper hospital. Like you have yeah. to get him to the actual center where mm-hmm. the bat was placed. So that's a big thing. But again, like in that twenty second tangent, sorry, that Mike Captain says we can't go there. Yeah, and right. With, oh, yeah. That, that's a whole other. Yeah, your cap, your cap, your captain's wrong. You just gave me <laughs> reflex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you can when in doubt, if if your captain won't let you drive, there, just call the helicopter. I'll come get him. Yeah. <laughs> a boy. So, but this is kind of the point where we have. You know, one of the biggest crises we know now going on in pre-hospital medicine is opiate overdoses. So every three years, you have to have 30 minutes of education on opiate overdoses. <laughs> and that's just... <laughs> nowhere it's it's hard enough. to say that without laughing. Yeah. Like, but that's, that's, so that to me, that's insufficient 30, for... 30 thir- minutes doesn't get you over teaching about the biases that you have to right. people Let's who misuse opioids. So we've all taken opioids. a dump that's lasted longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, like 30, that, 30 minutes... That's thing. I think the registry <laughs> is so out of touch with, with current... Working of EMS, like they did, right. I just feel like what what they could stand for is not what they do stand for right now. Like it could be so much better 
And the reality is, you know, the opioid epidemic is something some of us are experiencing multiple times a day with multiple different patients. And, you know, they say, oh, just, you know, do 30 minutes to learn what an opioid is every three Mm -hmm. years and you're good to go. And to be clear, it's it's only education that involves opiates. It's not necessarily education on how to properly give Narcan. Pain management. It's it's pain management. Or what not not to give Narcan. Right. It doesn't necessarily apply to the things that we (laughs) wanted to apply that to. And again, this isn't like supposed to be a perfect world thing for what the overrun wants, but Every like thirty minutes isn't enough it for one month of education. I get we get what we mind. want, or else we're shutting down the show. Do better, <laughs> do better. The new, <laughs> we'll just be the new NREMT. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> we're setting the standards. It would Stop. be chaos. <laughs> I, I see an email on our future. Yeah. <laughs> see, it's it starts with cease and ends with <laughs> desist. desist. <laughs> It's so been I, great, folks. <laughs> I said M R E N T, like Michael R E N T. Michael Registry. Ah, the joke. Michael Registry. So, uh, so, and again, this isn't. We're not. I, I don't want this to turn into us just kind of drilling down on Registry because I don't think that. No, I think they're a great organization. I, think, I right. wish they theory, did more. I think, yeah, I think eh. the, the theory behind it is great. <laughs> no, I, I seriously, I, heard it, I, I think they, it, uh, I wish squeaky. they would do more. Yeah. I Go wish ahead, they'd Mike. be more involved. I Hang wish on. they would be more of a national standard. I wish that the states would more often than not look if i have a registry card i should be able to practice in new jersey right done the reason i said Stop. Eh. or pennsylvania or maryland or whatever that should be the national standard why are they still doing stuff that mm-hmm. is so old and outdated that 10 years ago when i was going through my initial certification they were talking about we're going to change this soon because we're progressive the ked no one really uses the ked anymore Yet 10 years in the future in current state, it's still something that's tested. You know, that's an interesting question, because if you we're talking about setting a national standard. Is the risk involved in that that's by setting a national standard, we actually regress to the lowest common denominator? It's possible, depending on which. See, I think that's 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 two philosophies. Either either you're going to uh, push everything down so the lowest possible person in the team can compete with you. Or you're going to raise the standard high enough that some people may drop out. Yeah, we're going to lose people, right? I think it'll be. I think personally, I think it'll be in the latter, because national registry. There's there's a few states out there. I don't think teach up to national registry. That's there. The state has their own requirement. That's it, and it's below national registry standard. Right. Well, and that's that's something that that we've experienced locally, where there was actually there was a time where a, a couple states actually jumped off the registry standard because and I'm, I'm paraphrasing but it was too difficult for people to test out of well let's talk about the state of new jersey where we mm. do not have national registry as the um well we don't accept the standard it. no we yeah. don't accept it for emts right. and it's uh, that changed that changed it's well it changed it, yes again. it's a recent change cha- no it's a recent change <laughs> so remember um, in recent months um it was the last NJ six OMS, months, but it did. It well, did that's happen. the move. That's the move to go to. Because this new director is the bomb diggity. Yeah, so far I'm very <laughs> pleased with him. Job. But prior to that, it was just the exact reason Please he cited. Please come on our show. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Mr. SP. No, but, so, but that's but that's one of the things that we're talking about. No, and I totally I agree with him wholeheartedly that we didn't we weren't up to that standard. Now we're moving toward that. But in some other states, a lot of and when this was going on, uh, Jess and a lot of her coworkers when she was still working at BLS job were like. Uh, how am I going to get up to that standard? Like, right. you know, the requirements of New Jersey as a BLS provider are not nearly as intensive as right. this. You just show up for your cores, you do your right to know, your hazmat, and your uh, yeah, seabrand awareness, and you're set. Oh, my gosh. You're giving me all worked up. <laughs> that, <that's laughs> well, it's true, though, Go because how, that's, would, that's I, the thing, dude, you, how would I have oh gotten up to Lord. that standard 
by myself, I wouldn't have been able to afford it. My because head, you oh. have to be sponsored for some of... If you need X amount of classes a year, right? Or X amount of hours a year. Right. How am I going to afford that if I can't afford the ones that I'm paying for now? Well, if your project sponsors it, they, they should, should be required. It's to right. Well, that's a, that's a volunteer specific. That, that's a real volunteer problem. But I wasn't pay volunteering. For it? I was paid. I understand. Well, that's the problem with the and your paid, yeah. your paid you're, agency wasn't going to pay for it. If you're but an organization that requires something, they're required to actually compensate you for your education. The, the thing that well, makes then my they owe me like hundreds of dollars. So <laughs> the thing that makes my head spin, though, is I always imagine, and this is how it was brought up from my initial EMT training and now through medical school, is if I had a loved one that was being treated by somebody whose opinion on their education for their profession was. I don't want to do the harder thing or I find this too cumbersome to learn. So I'm just going to do the bare minimum. My head would spin around so much. They would make an exorcist four movie or five. <laughs> I don't know how many exorcist <laughs> movies there are, but I'll be the new star. He's got a good point. I mean, yeah. like, do you want your doctor doing the bare minimum? So, but again, this is an, in healthcare and I'm, I'm going to throw this to both. Do Jess. you want your astronaut doing the bare minimum? Right. Well, it's it's the 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 I don't want my garbage man doing the bare minimum. Right. <laughs> Which no, 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 you're right. Mm-hmm. But so but this is the thing, and I, I, I just to to throw it to Mike and Jess here, and you know, it, it, looking into you know nursing or medical or medical education, what happens to the students that you were in school with when they're like the hard stuff is too hard? They go bye bye. They find another profession. <laughs> yeah, they, they they tend leave. to not not to persist in school. I right. will That's remember. Yeah, right. and they actually they walk off to a sad Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> song. <laughs> 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 but again, this is it's it's very oh, interesting that as a profession Love we it. we tend to talk about and focus on like, well, this is too difficult, so we're not going to do it. Well, I think also that's some of the EMS culture. I mean, we kind of pride ourselves on being all accepting, which is great. And I'm not knocking that, but I also mean all accepting in We're the island well, of I've, misfit toys. Yeah, I right. failed out of all this programs and this and I couldn't I couldn't pass this and that, but you know, EMS and EMT and paramedic is what worked for me. And that's kind of true because the standard's so low in some cases, and right. there, you know, anybody with a pulse can. We've take it. we've long joked if you can sit through the course and finish with a pulse, congrats, you're an EMT. Right. So I now mean, let's. But that's like, not really a joke, though. It's no. not. But so let's let's it's talk about the true. educational standards that we have laid out for registry. It's a little right? scary. I'm sure there's so been a couple posthumous uh, <laughs> EMT certifications <laughs> oh, handed yeah. out. You, s- you still made it. You tried. Hey, congrats. Good so for for registry <laughs> as an EMT <laughs> over the t- over the course of three years, you need 40 CEUs. Right, which is to say, that's that's a very small amount. If you can binge, if you can binge watch a TV show, you can say. you can probably oh. research. Right? <laughs> wait, yeah. You like Game of if Thrones? Only. You like Vikings? Wait, forty you CEUs can pull a this year, off, or forty CEUs? That's that's your research research cycle. Number. They just they just changed their standards. So we're also talking about the new NREMT. Um, it's called cycle. NCCP. NCCP. Right. It's only so, forty. That's yeah. It. So in the way that it's broken down is you have 20 national that involves a whopping one and a half hours of airway management for EMTs. Oh, good. Um, one and a half hours of trauma. Yeah, you'll be fine. Um, and we have six me- six hours of medical. So I don't really have a problem with the medical with the the national standards. I think that's it's all stuff that is important airway management, uh, provided that it's actually done right. Here's where I have my own issues, and I say this as the host of a podcast that is being used in the educational capacity. But there's two sets of 10 hours that EMTs can use and on the medic level it's two sets of 15 hours where it can be used for local or state hours and then also an individual component and these are all your flex courses provided that they're they're CAPSI accredited Correct. which these 10 to 15 10 to 15 hours which 20 to 30 hours all told can almost be anything 
And yeah, pretty much. That's that's what legitimately worries me because over the if you're a medic, you have 30 hours for national, and that's your airway management, your operations, your trauma. But then you have your alphabet soup. Right. Then you have between 20 and 30 hours if you're an EMT or a medic that can be education on almost anything. Now, I think there's an advantage to that because since it can be almost anything, you can research neurology or if cardiology. You, if you're the you motivated type person, like right. what's right. the easiest thing for me to sit through and pass a little quiz at the end? No, I right. know. But that's what I'm saying. That's that's the SIVO course that someone's going to sit say, in. And, and that's, and that's the issue. And there are online organizations. They're assuming. So you're saying that oh, they're assuming man, that everybody in the profession is motivated and no, wants to learn. And no, that's the thing. I'm not. Oh, and there, line. there are online organizations, and I'm not. We're not going to name drop them because I don't want to give them any more business than they already have. That garbage exist exclusively to supplement these particular numbers. Garbage. Where you I can take a course online, fly, fly through all the slides, and hopefully answer enough questions. I, right to get I the hate credit. to admit I, it, but yes, I and I'll admit it. My, I used my it. people use it, and I've said to them at times when they're short, I'm like, listen, go to these places. I know. needed. I needed simply because, two hours. and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because at least I know the bare minimums are getting touched on. Right. So here's not. Oh, and so it, many, it, it oh, sucks, so many, but that's that's life. So many emotions. Um, <laughs> I'm having a lot of feelings about this. Right. Here's now. my opinion about this. So I, I think the people that use those websites that that are essentially you know the no thinking CEUs that you just get credit for are one of two people. Either it's the people that absolutely don't want anything to do with continuing education or doing it to continue their job. Right. Or it's the people that are super busy doing other things that they're actually forwarding their education and things that don't necessarily count towards their certification. Right. So, and, that, and that's the thing is and I, I don't want to say that this is a catch all like life happens to all of us. Right. There's always instances when, you know, like when you and I were in undergrad together, we ran into instances where like I can't go to this class this weekend because we had finals or whatever. Like, right. That, that's something that happens. No. And that's so what I'm, I'm saying. I'm not, like, I'm not trying to remove that from them. I think there's always those people where, you know, life happens and they're just behind on credits. My worry is that that's the standard, though. That's that's yeah. That that, that is by f- by and large in the minimum of the people who are just like, oh, I just need a couple hours here, spend you know a couple, literally a couple dollars, and like, all right, you just sit there and you just watch some mustache tell you about whatever, and mustache. then you. Oh, dude, you don't with. even know. <laughs> I'll, I mean, I'll, mm. yeah, I mean that's okay. what it is, though. And honestly, when I was in nursing school, that's kind of what I did to research because. Why am I going to go out of my way to go and pay for a class that is actually below the standard of what I'm already learning and paying for? See, that's the thing. So, for instance, um, my roommate in medical school is also a paramedic. Right. And uh, I let my certification go into, um, what do you call it, where it's not expired. Inactive. 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 Thank you. Mm -hmm. But he kept his up because he wanted to keep working. Um, And he did all these online courses that are the garbage courses, in my opinion. But, mind you, this was the first two years of medical school. None of those courses counted towards continuing education credit. Yeah, none of my nursing courses. But that's, that's, that's where counted. my argument comes in. You know, for instance, like, Ed, I, I think you were taking... Yeah, like, like you're in medical f- school. Like, how can you not research your paramedic? Right. right. Seriously? You're a nurse. Yeah. How are you not considered an EMT? Right. How it, can I not insane. research my you, EMT you and I'm a nurse? You technically have a part of your nurse continuing education. It's just, it's literally called BLS. Yeah. As I pound the table angrily. <laughs> Jeez. So, but this is the thing, is right. All, all these variables. Kevin's New Year resolution. Yes, yeah, don't hit the table. Anger management. So, but this <laughs> is this is kind of one of the reasons that some projects are getting away from registry, where they don't necessarily care that you have it, right? Now, again, there's it's a it's a dual edged sword because you might have people that don't meet the registry standards, right? But you also have projects that actually require more education than registry offers, 
they don't really care if you have it. It's great if you do, and there might be some financial benefit to it. But they do their own in-house training mm-hmm. that is yeah. that's super. We're, we're trying. Yeah. We're starting to go to that. I'm I'm, I'm looking at doing like a lecture series and, right. a, and you know doing programs that you know just will add to what yep. our people need and will count towards the stuff. And I'm like, you know what? If you're doing this, you're fine. You know, but at least I can control the content. So that that brings up an interesting point, and in, in I'd like to talk about then. Like, so you have certain things that are specific to your project, your hospital, your catchment area. Like, you may see overdoses of only a certain type of narcotic that areas in the other country may not ever see. But if all of your recertification and training is done through the national registry, for instance, and that national standard, then you know, it, is there some room to tailor specific education to your staff? And to you, or would it be better just to do it on a personal project? Well, and that's actually, that's an important point, because one of the things that you see a lot in registry are things, you know, questions and examples of things like envenomations, where if you live in an area that doesn't have any snakes, do you, <laughs> I don't need to know about how, like snake, how snake venom. <laughs> yeah. but, but like even that, like in our area, you know, we have, you know, we have like black widows and brown recluse spiders and things like that. So like that's valid. But if you're, you know, if you're taking an exam and you're, say, like in upstate Minnesota, you're probably not seeing a whole bunch. You're probably not going to have differentiate a coral snake from a d- another type of snake. I had to, uh, as a for my flight paramedic, I had to do a question on a scorpion sting. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I don't know of any scorpions around here. But again, but that's but it's so jokes but, on you. But the FPC thing, that's that's almost a little bit different, right? Because that's a that is a, re- that is a recognized national certification. Um, so it's almost a little bit different because it has to be equal everywhere else, you know. So I right. understand what registry is trying to do, but I almost like the idea of having registry as a base, right. and then having the state kind of supersede what that and education you build is. On and the I like, and I think right. that's where this, uh, sorry, where the new NCCP standard is coming in because that's kind of where they're going. If you notice, they've got that baseline content and that right. thirty hours. That's your alphabet soup. That's your ACLS, your PALS, your your PHTLS. Your, your local and state content, that's where your clinical people come in. That's where your medical director comes in and says, hey, you know, I want I want this. I want you to know about this. I want you to practice this. I want us, maybe we want you to take an airway course. Maybe mm, we want you right. to do this. And then your individual stuff is, the idea is go to a conference. Like, it's the stuff that we, I look at it from the other side of, this is what we're looking for. It's like, go to a conference, go to a seminar, Go to a journal club. Go to do something right. that you can apply to it and get a little bit better, more rounded education out of mm-hmm. this. And I think if we're looking at it from that perspective, I think it's a positive. Sure. But I would just really like to see them have more teeth. I'd really like to have them say, look, I'd like places to start saying, look, if you don't have this as the baseline, you can't work here. Mm-hmm. You know, nursing did that. You know, nursing for a long time, it was a certificate program. Then they said, you know what? You can't be a nurse unless you have an associate's. And now they're pretty much saying you're finding that for the most part, if you don't have a BSN, you're in you're in a tough mm-hmm. spot. Right. Yeah, that's kind of the spot I'm in. Okay. I had to sign a contract saying I would get my bachelor's within a certain amount of time. Okay. So it, it is like the, and I think that's a good thing. I think it. Creating standards is a good thing, so long as you help the people that you're hiring and the people you already have hired 
reach those standards, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, 100%. You can't put a standard in place and then go, okay, now good luck. Spend your own right. money on no. it. Get there. And I think, and I mm-hmm. think that's the best thing that nursing's ever done is that they not only have mandated the standard, but they also say, hey, we're going to help everybody get along to that point. Right. And but you the, know what? Look, if you're close to retirement, we get it. We're cool. You know, if, if you're on the cusp of, hey, I'm going to, you know, go go bounce to the wherever to my retirement home or whatever and I'm I'm getting out of the profession they they there's no harm there's no harm no foul there right. but you know they also said hey look for the people that don't have this we're going to give you every opportunity to get there and that's what we need to do but i think you know nurses are also not afraid to let people go if they can't do it i mean how many people no, drop out true. of nursing school because it's too difficult i, and I started with i want to say 100 and change in my class and i think we ended with high 30s right wow. and, and i mean medical yeah, school's a little different the attrition rate's low because the standard to get in is just high i mean if you mm-hmm. would track every pre-med into med school so i think it's just as many people cause, right you know mm-hmm. yeah. i think what happens with nursing in particular is that it's a known it's going to be a very in-demand job it's good steady paying job there's a lot of options after you get it people get into nursing school and realize and what, realize, what yeah. nursing actually right. is it's not like you know catering to grandma in a nursing home it is you know blood piss vomiting and Shit. hard Oof. physical work. It's, yeah, it's, well, you've already it's, said three of them. Just go. Yeah. For it. like, yeah. <laughs> it's a dirt. It's a dirty. It it's a dirty, hard smelly, job. terrible job. And you gotta Blood, know. But you this vomit and in duty. I didn't. Do do. I didn't want <laughs> <laughs> to say the fourth one. I, I always forget that we have it's the explicit P, tag. P- oh oh God, that's right. Oh duty. God, do yeah. I wish we had a soundboard? I just like. And listen, you're gonna be. They learn and you learn in nursing that at some point your career you might have one or all of those substances on you at once during a shift might or all <laughs> if you're well if you're in if you're in the er it's a shift you're guaranteed it's all probably be the same patient having all four substances to you on at once is called the jersey turnpike wow <laughs> is that true <laughs> that's wow. no 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 there's a fifth substance that goes with that sir uh-huh. <laughs> that's the santorum oh, <laughs> oh, no 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 political jokes here hey now no, so, but that's so when we're talking about setting up a national standard, right? We have this national standard that's laid out for <laughs> for nurses, right? And you know, we have we have kind of these standards set. I mean, it's important to have some type of baseline standard. I think really the the bigger point of the debate is is what we're looking at with registry a good enough baseline standard, or is it something that we can actually improve upon? And as we always, we pretty much always come to the conclusion on the show, like there's always something, always something that we can improve upon. upon. Right. Mm. One thing that I think that registry is doing that's important is something they have called the Mark King Initiative. Um, we're going to link to this in the show notes, but you can actually find it on registry's website. What they have at registry is if you were a registered EMT and you lost your registry card and you became a medic outside of registry, you can actually go back, get your registry EMT, and then move on to your registry medic. You are res- your, get your registry recertified at the, your, your previous level. Um, the reason I think that's important, now again, you have to actually meet, your state has to meet the educational standards for e- and, and our EMT, um, you know, to actually get recertified to registry, which brings us back to our first problem of states not actually requiring registry standards and all that. But I do think it's important that if you're someone who has lost that card and you do move and you decide mm-hmm. that you want to get your registry back, they do have that available. So I think that's actually a really important step if you have someone who you know has decided they want to get back into the industry, get back into the field, they have this available to them. Yeah, we should definitely welcome that. I mean, that's a great that's a great thing. Yeah, I, th- I, I think it's important because we do have people who, you know, 
life happens and you fall back into EMS or you decide to move to a different state for a better opportunity and, you know, you have this kind of opportunity available. People lose their calling and then all of a sudden they realize what they missed and, you know, that's a great thing. Yeah, so, so yeah kudos to them for that. Yeah, so if you're someone who's in that position and you happen to be listening, know that that's actually available to you. Um, I, I think w- kind of the conclusion we kind of come to is that in the end, registry is a good program to have. It's a good baseline, um, but I don't know that it's really filling all the the needs and wants that around this table we would actually want them to to fulfill. I would agree with that. I I think that's not their fault. Not as much their fault. I think it is a baseline. I think it's incumbent upon each individual clinician to say, hey, look, you know, I need to study more. I need to know more about my job. I need to know about more about my practice. I think that's on us. It gets you to a point, but then it should be a springboard for you to go out and study on your own and and really learn this stuff. I wonder if there would be any value into having like almost like tiered um, like certifications as not just like basic and paramedic, but you have something like, you know, paramedic one, paramedic two, kind of like the the Canada model. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Where if you're instead of PCP, ACP and CCP. So you have so instead of just like straight medic, you know, you do whatever. 40 hours every, or yeah, 40 hours, whatever it is, after how I think it years. makes sense. People you know, wouldn't do it without a financial incentive, I don't think, though. I agree with you. But, but if you but start without, that, then you get the financial incentive. Right. Because then you can say to people, you can say to your finance people, you can say to your HR people, look, you know what, this is, this is something that has value. This is big. Right. And I think that, you know, and you never know until the program exists. You know, so you can it, it becomes a cyclic argument if you say like, well, they're not going to do it without a financial benefit. There isn't a financial benefit, so they're not going to do it. Right. You know, you'd actually have to implement a program and then see if people actually have a financial benefit. Rome wasn't it. built in a day. It's the same thing. Like there's the critical care EMT. Um, but sort it was burned down in a day. That is, you know, I, <laughs> I think it's really good education, but it's not actually it's valuable in a lot of states. You know, Seriously? <laughs> what? <laughs> so that's that's kind of what we're looking at. Um we're actually really interested to know what you guys think about this. Um, hit us up at overrunproductions at gmail.com. Um, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Overrun Productions and at Twitter at Overrun EMS. We are available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. All uh, of them. All of them. All uh, of them. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and all of that. So let us know what you guys think. Um, Help us again, do better. Yeah, we think that this is actually a, it's registry is a good program to have. It's a good baseline, but it probably... Uh, can be improved a little bit. So, I'd also be curious to hear if you live in a country that has a different sort of national. Oh, absolutely. If oh, I thing, know there's people out there in yeah. Australia, UK, please Ireland, reach out. Ireland. Yeah. Pros um, and cons of your Euro- system. Continental Europe. Give us a shout. Let us know. Yeah. Let us Help know how us your out. system works. Canada. Maybe we'll interview. Talking you. to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, absolutely. We have Skype. So for the overrun, I'm Ed Bowder. I'm Dan Schwester. I'm Kevin Mazza. I'm Jess Mastercola. And I'm Mike DiFilippo. Thanks for listening. Get home safe.